All right, so here we are with uh, Adam from Splendid Sports. I've been looking forward to this for a while, Adam. Uh, we've talked about getting together and talking. Uh, we've texted a lot, um, but this is really the first time we've gotten a chance to sit down and share some ideas. And, you know, I I will say this, not, not to come across too flattering, but I am actually a very big fan of your channel. And if you were to actually... Uh, go back through the last probably three months of the channel that I recommended to people the most, honestly, honestly, it's your channel. I have a lot of respect for your channel. The only complaint I have is you don't do enough videos. I just wish yeah. you did more, <laughs> <laughs> but I love your channel. Uh, you're very articulate. You're very thought out uh, with, with what you have to say. So uh, I'm very excited for this. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you. I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it is weird. This is the first time we've actually like one-on-one -on -one talked. You know, you came yeah. on my channel for the turn back the clock, but there was five of us. So we didn't really get to say a lot, each of us, you know, it was kind of here and there. Uh, so yeah, I, but I feel like I already know you because yeah, we text and uh, I watch all your videos. So um, I feel the same way. I love your channel. And Actually, when I watch your videos, I feel actually kind of bad about the ones I put out because yours are so oh, professional and like well put together and well thought out. It's like each one's like a master class. So, oh, now so, you're now you're just being too nice. So no, I'm, so, I'm going to blush. So it's unbelievable. Making, you're making us look bad, Greg. You know? No, no. Well, I appreciate that. So what we were going to talk today about, and I'm very excited about it. Um, first of all. I, I don't know is if it's appropriate to share, but you kind of work in marketing PR kind of uh, strategic thinking. And I have uh, my my uh, bachelor's degree is in the same line. And so I think that you and I kind of are always uh, looking at different companies and critiquing things and and kind of uh, thinking about strategies at companies just because that's kind of naturally what we like, which is why that was what we studied and and what you you know do. And so the question and the topic for today is about grading companies and and you know there are several. I think there are three or four main ones at this point, but. You know, to a collector of vintage, which we both, I know you collect some modern and I collect a little bit of modern, but our the, the majority of our collection is made up of vintage and the majority of our audience are vintage. Why do we need to care about grading companies? Why, why, why are they relevant? Why is it important? Uh, why does grading matter? And why do does the health and the direction of grading companies matter to us at this point in the hobby well i think even if you're somebody who doesn't grade cards or doesn't even collect graded cards has no skin in the game or anything like that if you do want the hobby to grow long term like a lot of people say they do i think grading uh, it's hard to argue that it isn't an important piece of that puzzle uh, whether you participated in it or not if you want it to be a big hobby and grow then i feel like you would probably have a vested interest in at least wanting the grading companies to improve in areas that you see them as lacking right now. Uh, and then for people like me who grades cards and collects, you know, I would say the majority of my collection is graded cards. Uh, I, although I am building some uh, raw binders out now, so I'm doing other ends of it too. But, you know, it's obviously a big, big interest for me um, because I participate in that end of the hobby with graded cards. And to your point there, you know, as somebody who does marketing and, and uh, I went to college for marketing, even though I, I would probably say the stuff I have in my head, I don't think I learned any of it in college. It's all through world, real world experience. So sure, sure. Uh, I, I have a major in marketing, but I don't think that really does too much for me. Um, but yeah, it's hard not to look at these grading companies sometimes for me and see the moves that they make or don't make or the things that I, it's hard for me not to have a strong opinion and comment on them because you know that's what i do for work i help companies with their branding and marketing and and grow so um yeah it's just how i go about thinking about uh businesses and things like that for for my job so yeah i mean i i totally agree and like you said even if you are not a person who grades cards or buys graded cards the health of the hobby because of so how intertwined we are now with grading that 
it, it's important for the health of the hobby as a whole because a huge segment of people do care about grading and do buy graded cards and are invested in grading and have a lot of money invested in the grades that were deemed by these grading companies that it if if the grading thing collapsed it, it could be a, a problem for the hobby and the other thing that i think too is that what grading companies really do is they allow more transactions online so it broadens it if if there was no grading i think there would be a lot fewer uh transactions on ebay for example there's a lot there's a lot more peace of mind when companies so these people that live in parts of the country where they may not have card shops or card shows or be able to you know meet with other collectors they rely on grading companies to give them a pretty decent idea of the quality of a card and it gives them peace of mind to actually buy it so if that went away then that would really affect that the how wide the collecting community is yeah i feel like great grading as a whole adds a lot of value to the hobby uh, certainly, and we'll get we're going to get into this in this episode. There's a lot of things that can be improved. There's a lot of issues, but uh, as an idea, I think grading was a great idea. And uh, you know, we'll talk about some things we want to see improved. But yeah, I think we all want it to get better. Uh, so, but I, I think grading existing in the hobby is a is a really good thing. And as someone who's bought 99.9 percent of my collection on eBay. Um, yeah, I, I really am happy that grading is a thing because even if you don't buy the grade, you know, like some people do, you just buy the card uh, there. You can create opportunities for yourself through the grading system and how that works, as many people have pointed out. So it creates a fun little game even sometimes with uh, trying to find cards that are you feel like are a good deal because they look better than the grade. And, you know, that's a that's a part of the, the fun of the hobby for a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. So um I'm not sure if you see on your screen. I'm sharing right now. Um, if you can, want me to add that in? Yeah, add that in. So this is the uh, January 2024 of really kind of the big four companies at the moment with grading. And there's a lot of information in here that I just wanted to kind of touch on to give people a little bit of a where we are currently and then i think maybe we could start going through each of the companies and kind of talking about the situation so in january 2024 psa had 1.22 million uh cards that they graded which is up 22 percent cgc 184,000. they're up 40 percent year over year sgc 157,000. So they're uh, just behind CGC for second place. Uh, they're up 94% year over year. And then Beckett is at 58,000. So they're kind of a distant fourth and they're up 1%. So you see a lot of growth from PSA, CGC and uh, SGC and then not uh, much growth from Beckett. And then there's one other thing that I think is really important to take a look at that I'm showing now. And it's that top category TCG. So PSA of, again, they had 1.22 million uh, cards that they graded last month. 530,000 of those were TCG cards. So they were not sports cards. So um, I wrote this down. I wrote a couple of things down. So 43% of PSA's cards that they graded in January were TCG. Uh, SGC had 16,000 TCG graded cards in uh, January, which makes up for them 10%. So again, PSA, 43% of their cards were TCG. SGC, 10% approximately of their graded cards were TCG. And then the other one that I wa was kind of thinking we'd focus on is Beckett. And Beckett is 28.8 uh, thousand cards, which is 49.7%. So almost half of Beckett's cards from January are TCG, 43% uh, for PSA, but only 10% for SGC. So I thought that was something uh, that is worth at least being aware of. So I guess for me uh, and you being vintage guys, uh, you know, not that CGC doesn't grade vintage, 
But I was kind of thinking, just for the sake of time, we focus kind of on on the other three, which are more of the companies that we tend to use more or have in our collection. Um, so let's start with, because I have a lot of opinions on SGC. So I was kind of thinking, let's start with SGC, kind of talk about SGC, maybe, I mean, my my natural instinct is, well, what's sort of the strengths, weaknesses of each company? And then based on the strengths, weaknesses, then where where should they go from there? Where could they go from there? So when you think of SGC, what do you think of as some of their strengths? Well, not, first thing that comes to mind is turnaround time. So yeah. the, just the, the ability to send a card in and get it back fast. And it, it, for from a collecting standpoint, uh, that's a nice thing. It's a you don't want to leave your cards at a grading company for months. Like for example, I have I have a vintage order of six cards at PSA that I've had there since October, and I've just been waiting. For, I'm like, what's going on here? You know, it's, so it's we're going on five months now. So no one likes that. That's no fun having your cards held hostage over there. Um, so fast turnaround time is nice. It's even more important for uh, people. I guess there's two buckets you could put why people submit cards to a grading company and one would be you know the people that take a card with the intent 100 to sell it as soon as they get it graded shoot it into sgc get it back fast and put it up on ebay and sell it so it's nice in that capacity because you can you know i guess time the market uh what people do and i know another way that people use sgc is with new products when a new product comes out a lot of these breaking companies They'll quickly, you know, break the product, shoot it into SGC, get it graded, and then they want to be the first one with that card out on eBay. And it will sell for a premium because it's the first one. And then obviously it goes down from there. So it's kind of a race. And SGC is the company they like to use for that, uh, unless it's a huge card. And then they go to PSA on real fast turnaround. But um, yeah, I think turn fast turnaround times, uh, good customer service, good communications from the leaders. Mm-hmm. Um I would say those are the, and, and, you know, I guess it's tough to say, I guess, yes, fair grading, accurate grading, but uh, maybe we can get further into that. But um, I would say those other ones and before that, because I think they're all, they're all not the most consistent in the, in the end, but um, yeah, those, those are the, probably the main strengths I would say with SGC. Yeah. I, I had kind of jotted down a list myself and you basically hit on everything the the cost of sgc is less the up charges are less also so if it is kind of a big card that you are going with sgc you're not going to get up charged as much uh to your point about consistency you know that's kind of all up to the eyes of the beholder but to me it, it does seem like there are less big surprises with sgc than with psa i i've heard a lot of people that are um you know, even PSA people say, well, SGC is definitely more consistent. Like, you know, Mike Moynihan, he's all PSA, but he says, oh, yeah, you know, SGC is the most consistent. You know, a guy like Orlando uh, from a collector's dream, Orlando, long time uh, is was, you know, years ago was PSA, but he's like he's all in on SGC now. And so a lot of people that have been in the hobby for a long time that I respect very much are like, no, SGC is kind of kind of more consistent. So sure, that's anecdotal, you know, but it, it is definitely a thing. What would you say is a weakness of SGC? Well, again, this is personal preference, but and I, and, and I do say I mentioned this because I have heard it. It's not just my opinion, but I've heard it over and over when it comes to modern cards. A lot of people don't like the look of the holder. Uh, and again, that's subjective, but uh, it's a pretty common thing I hear that uh, the people, especially modern graders, they don't like the way a lot of the cards look in the SGC holder. And me personally, I, I like the black, right? So I actually have just one here to, to example. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like the black background. Uh, and I, I use SGC really exclusively right now for these type of thick patch cards, uh, memorabilia cards. I just, you know, for me, it just, I kind of like the way they look a little better in the holder than a, than a normal card. Um, but yeah, I like the black background. The biggest problem I have with let, them is. Let me, let me is, jump in. Let me jump in real quick. So Adam was holding up a uh, uh, Larry Bird, uh, big patch. Pro- I'm guessing probably game used patch. 
yep. uh, Larry Bird green patch in a SGC nine holder. The card yeah. is white and it absolutely pops against that black right. background for sure. So right. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just know there are some people that just listen. I want to make sure they know what's going on. So go, yeah. sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. It, it, for me, the, the biggest issue is the label itself. Um, you know, the great for me, the grade, the number is way too big. And again, these are this is a design type thing, you know, so it's like I do websites and stuff. I'm building a website. You know, it's a lot of it's like uh, the client might think it 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 looks bad, but I like I think it looks good or vice versa. So you kind of got to work with that. Everyone's got different opinions, but I feel like the grades too big on these labels and they 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 use the same cases that they've been using forever. I don't think they've ever updated their case in their plastic. So, uh, so for, to some people, these things might be like simple oversimplification or like who cares. But there's a big segment of the hobby that says this, that they don't like the holder. And that's a problem because these are end collectibles. The the, the holder, the case, that's all part of the collectible for people. It, it's not just the card, even though I know we're collecting cards, the case and the holder, how it looks, how it displays. That's a big reason why people submit cards to these grading companies too. So yeah. that for me personally is is a negative right now. I, I would love them for them to not do away with this because I know a lot of vintage people like the way the whole thing is in the holder, but come up with a modern version too. come up with like when you're submitting cards, check A or B. Do you want the old holder or the, you know, the whatever the standard holder or do you want the modern holder or whatever they call it? But give someone a, a, a choice with clearer plastic or, or just more more modern, sleeker, not so big, skinnier. You know, um, yeah. I think if they did that, that would be huge. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Um, I thought about why, I, I, uh, from a design point of view, wh why um, the, the number is so large. And I've thought a lot, a lot about this. And because it's the only company who has this huge label. And, and this, is, this might sound crazy, uh, but I think the reason, just hear me out, is a lot of SGC historically was pre-war cards and historically people who collect pre-war cards are not necessarily young people <laughs> and when we are no longer young we tend to struggle seeing a small number on a psa you know so if you go up to a case and you're a 70 year old collector or a 75 year old collector and you look down at the case and there's psa you're putting your glasses on to see the size that what the grades are right but in SGC, you don't. Now, does that mean I like it? It's not what. It's not that I like it, but I do think that that might have something to do with the sizes. They probably got feedback at one time. I can't see the grade because before, remember, it was the dual grade. It was like yeah. 88, 8, yeah. you know, and, and they were both kind of small. Yeah, so he's holding up the old SGC label where it has like the 30. And then what yeah. that translate to translates to is a two. And if yeah. you're back very far, you can't even see the two. Right. You just you can kind of see the 30, but you can't. So I think they probably got some feedback. Your your grade number is way too small. I can't see it because the actual grade in that is small. So they go, okay, well, we'll fix it. And I think they kind of got carried away, maybe. But that that's just a, a counter to that thought. Again, I think it's too big, but that might be how that happened. That's a great point. I, I actually had not thought of that. Uh, you know what the irony of that is? Every, well, not every, but most of the pre-war collectors that I've heard from or talked to, they say they don't care about the grade, right? Like the grade doesn't yeah. matter. It's pre-war. It's like, it's just, but yet if the, <laughs> the grade's the biggest thing on the label. So uh, yeah. I understand that, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of ironic that if that would be the reason. So not to belabor the point, but other weaknesses for SGC. Is it just you think the slab in the label or do you think there are a couple other things that are are issues for them? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think they've missed out on a huge opportunity because especially like, you know, it's still strong, their brand and their their fan base. Um, but it just felt like, you know, when PSA was having some real problems and like maybe a year ago, year and a half, uh, there was like this like grassroots swell of SGC support that I, I, I saw out there in the hobby. And uh, I always thought they should have really capitalized on that and made some sort of a, uh, a membership with, I know people don't like membership with PSA. They don't want to have to pay, you know, $99 a year, but SGC could have, maybe it's a free membership or it's a less expensive one, or just like a group. I even thought like, what if they did like the tuxedo club or it's a corny name, but 
yeah. get the idea. It's like they never really built around the company as far as um, no registry, no uh, any anything outside of just, you know, they grade cards and they shoot them back to you. But, you know, PSA has a magazine and they have the registry and they have all this stuff surrounding the grading, which creates more of a, a community and kind of a fan base, I feel like. Um, so I, I, they've never done any of that and they've been around a long time. So I, I don't really cut them too much slack on that. I feel like they've moved very, very slowly. They came out with an app. I haven't talked to one person who said they like, they use the app or they care that there's an app. Um, but yeah, so I don't want to be too hard on SGC because I do respect their company. I know grading company is a very difficult company to run. I'm sure there's a lot of moving parts, but uh, yeah, I feel like that that is a weakness. They really haven't built upon the company as far as branding, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that you make some great points. Um, I think every I agree with everything that you just said. The only thing I think I would add to the list is the resale value of SGC. Yeah. It yeah. definitely feels like the resale value is less for SGC, which is interesting because there are certainly fewer uh, SGC slabs in circulation as I mean, when they're doing 10 times the grading, even now, uh, there's 10 times as many PSA slabs out there. But let's say I'm an SGC guy, and I want a 1955 Roberto Clemente in a three. There are a lot more of those out there in a PSA slab than an SGC slab. So when I go to the market to buy one, uh, if there are other SGC fans, it seems like with the fewer supply of the SGC three in this case, there there would be more competition because they don't come up as often because there are fewer of them. Yet somehow the the resale value is still less. Um, I do think they've closed the gap a little bit. Although at the last card show I was at, I heard a couple of dealers telling me when they were doing buying at their table a lot of the cards they were surprised at the difference between SGC and PSA because it seems like it had it has started to widen again. I haven't done any sort of looking into that, but that's what they had said anecdotally. So why do you think the resale value is so much less for SGC? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, like particularly with vintage, I think it has to do with the registry. I really do. I think that is such a huge factor. Uh, and, you know, SGC the, with the registry, I think the they they didn't really have to do something like as robust as PSA did, because actually PSA has run into a ton of problems. And we'll get into that when we talk about PSA. But they they I think went the wrong direction with their registry. They made it too there's too many things going on and now they have to redo the whole thing. So uh, but the fact that SGC never even like just like key sets, key players, you know, uh, uh, Roberto Clemente said or uh Mickey Mantle or 56 tops registry. I mean, you don't have to do a million set registries at once, but by just coming out with like some of the more iconic players and, and, and set runs that I think that would have, you know, they, they, maybe it's like a two-step process by it's a, it's an investment to do that. It costs money to do all that stuff. But in the end, your, your value, your resale values would actually be higher if you did stuff like that, because an SGC graded card would have way more utility than it has now. Now, if like, oh, great, if you want to resell it, here you go. Um, but if you want to collect and gamify the hobby, which PSA has done through the registry, uh, you would need some sort of a, a game, right? With that, that's what it is. It's a game, the registry. It's like, oh, let's see how if I can complete this and see where my ranking goes. You don't get anything, but so what? You know, people still do it, uh, and I think SGC has still missing out on that. I, I, I don't know why, but um, that that would increase resale values if they did some of that stuff, I think. I, I, I totally agree with that, um, 100%. The other thing I would throw in is, you know, um, so I'll use, I'll use an analogy and then I'll tie it into the situation. So uh, Ford used to own Hertz and all the Hertz rentals were Ford cars because they bought them from their themselves, right? It was just a different arm of the company. And what was happening was all Ford cars, the resale value of the Ford cars was really, really low because there would be this flood to the market of like explorers. And what happened was there would be these two-year-old explorers that would all flood the market and they were kind of treated like rentals. And so there was a ton of them 
they weren't in that good a condition, so they had problems. And so the resale value of Explorers wasn't working. And, it, and people weren't wanting to buy a new one because the depreciation was so great. And so what they ended up doing was they cut off the arm of Hertz, let them go. And now if you go and get a rental, it's a lot less likely you're going to get a Ford. Whereas before, for years and years and years, it was very likely you'd get a Ford. And as a, with a friend in the marketing department at Ford, he said, yeah, we've worked really hard on our fleet sales to these companies because it was hurting resale values, which is hurting new buying sales. Now, I think the opposite is kind of true with cards because there are fewer of them in circulation. See, I think that card collectors by nature, we're, we're all kind of OCD. Like yeah. we're OCD about centering, we're OCD about corners, we're OCD about, you know, whether there are blotches on the card or stains on the card. We People that are drawn to this hobby kind of like uniformity. Yes. And so when all of a sudden you're entering the market and you're going, well, I have all this, you know, have all these cards that are in PSA holders because there's a million cards in PSA and there are less in SGC. Uh, it's, it's hard to be all SGC. It's easy to be all PSA. Right. And so what happens, I think, is in the secondary market, people are going for the PSA graded cards instead of the SGC graded cards because it matches their collection. Like, right. I have a good friend that was down at the Burbank Card Show uh, this weekend, and he has two SGC cards in, in his entire collection. His collection's incredible. I mean, incredible collection. And he went down, he brought both SGC graded cards. One of them he got to cross over. The other one he got to trade because it drove him crazy that they didn't match. So yep. I think something that SGC really should consider is doing a massive campaign, really expanding their crossover department, especially because I believe PSA has gotten a lot stricter on their gradings over the last year or two with some of the changes that they've made. It would be really, really easy to say, oh, Here's a PSA 5, right? The PSA 5 in the new system in which PSA grades, it's almost for sure going to be a SGC 5. It might even get a bump. So if you start crossing your stuff over and SGC has been more consistent with their standards and you, you cross over for really cheap, like just over cost, like just over cost from SGC, then you're going to get people who have their mixed collections going, oh, it's way cheaper to put everything in SGC and no longer it's mixed. I am about, I probably have 60% of my collection in PSA. If SGC did a thing right now, six bucks a card to cross it over and put them all in SGC, I'd probably do it because it drives me crazy that I have two different types of slabs. And so I think if they did a massive make the switch campaign, and really did this, you know, like cost plus a dollar kind of thing per card to switch them over. I think it would do a huge amount of grassroots improvement in uh, in the collection in the collecting space for vintage collectors specifically, because then finally everything could match. And I think that's one of the things preventing a lot of people from buying SGC right now is it just doesn't match. Right. And and like, for example, with me, I, I started my Mickey Mantle run over 10 years ago. And at the time I was just buying PSA because frankly, I didn't, when I go on eBay and search Mickey Mantle, it was all PSA coming up. I didn't see SGC. Yeah. I might've considered it, but I just started with PSA. So for that particular run, uh, yeah, I just, I'm going to do it all in PSA, you know, I'm not going to, but to your point, yeah, I think SGC, they have to, uh, I don't, do they even have, like, that's the thing with these grading companies. Does SGC even have a marketing person? Do they have a marketing department or is it Peter coming up with all the marketing? I, I mean, like, I thought so it I was us. I, I thought it was us. I thought, yeah, I mean, I thought we were, were going to, this. this is free marketing advice right yeah. here. So yeah. This is my plan is I was planning on tagging uh, SGC in this. And then Peter would, it would say, Hey, can I come on with you guys and talk about these ideas? So, so that's kind of my plan. And, and it, it, we just call it our, our weekend, you know, uh, charity project. But 
I'm rooting for SGC Me and too. I'm rooting for PSA and I'm rooting for Becky because competition is good for us. And so yeah. I'm not on the side of one or the other. I'm on the side of cheaper, better quality, faster. And because the card community benefits from that. And yeah. I really think one of the areas SGC is, is struggling is all of these longtime collectors that have all their stuff in PSA are, are fighting the urge to make the switch. And, and they have to do something, even, even if it's changing their slab. I know this is going to sound crazy, but even if it's changing their slab to nest, to nest with a PSA slab and fit with a PSA slab. And I don't know, I don't know if they've got, you know, some sort of rights to it and you can't nest that i don't know what they all have legally but if there's a way to get your slab to be the same size as psa's and nest with psa and then do a cheap crossover that would even work but it would at least be better than nothing but i i think uh, doing a massive crossover campaign would be a really good long-term idea for their resale values Definitely. And, and the last point I wanted to make on, on the registry thing, uh, you could rethink that too, right? If you want to roll out, like I said, you don't need to have a million sets like PSA has, uh, some that two people do, you know, come up with some, just a handful to start of really popular sets or player runs or create your own player run sets in there. Uh, and an and idea with that is what if, what if a grading company like SGC said, we're going to do it and we're not going to really base it all on grade like PSA does, right? Uh, we're going to base it on a lot of it's going to be on completedness. So if you complete the 56 top set in SGC or or the Hall of Fame players from that set in SGC, uh, we're going to we're going to give you free grading credits for doing that. Or we're going to send you an SGC T-shirt or we're going to we're going to highlight you on our social media channels. Collectors want to be recognized. Many, many people do. Uh, so just by things like that, that really, you know, you're not giving away checks. You're not sending people a thousand dollars for doing it. You're giving them credits to your company uh, grading stuff so, so i think just thinking out of the box like that reimagining the registry and making it your own and giving some incentives for people to do this i think it would do wonders for them i i i totally agree i totally agree and and you could even you could even get creative with how you do it what if what if you just make it a challenge because there are a lot of people out there that are super smart people and you just say hey whoever creates the best registry we're going to buy it from you you know, yeah. well, here's here's what we'll pay. And yep. then you don't even have to, and then you just get to sit back, evaluate yep. them and go, we like that one. And then you buy it and then you hire that person to lead the team. You want a job and you want uh, to have us buy you out. Submit your your database for our registry. I mean, there are some things you can do, but uh, enough about SGC. So next one up, let's go to the. Let's go to BGS Beckett. Okay. What is your take on the current state of Beckett? What are the strengths and weaknesses of Beckett at the moment? Because Beckett, just historically, if we go back to the mid to late 90s, when Beckett came on board, suddenly the Beckett grades were the premium for a while. Yeah. So it was like PSA was there, SGC quickly after, a few others popped up. Beckett entered with their strong name recognition and the, you know, the gem mint Beckett card was selling above a PSA card kind of across the board uh, for a while. And that has since changed. Um, so now we're in a situation where Beckett, you know, I'm looking at yesterday's numbers. Yes. Well, it's probably the last work day. So which that would have been Friday. Uh, Beckett graded 2,900 cards all day, whereas PSA graded 64,000 cards. So we're talking about, a, <laughs> I mean, what's that, 3% or something of what PSA did. So they are struggling big time. What do you think their pros and cons are of Beckett at the moment? Well, the big pro they still have, they still have it, is the name. Uh, the name, especially for guys our age or in that range or older, uh, the name Beckett is synonymous with sports cards for me, you know, and, and, and so many people. 
and Dr. Beckett's still active. Now, the thing that drives me nuts is I see some of these videos that younger guys are making talking about Beckett. And they're, they're saying they, they're assuming that I've heard people assume that Dr. Beckett still works there or that he has, you know, he's been retired for, I think, 20 years. So um, but the name is still there and the name is strong. So capitalizing on that name, I think, is still something they can do uh, because it carries a lot of weight. And brand is huge in sports cards, whether you're talking about sets of cards or grading companies, the brand is huge. Uh, that's the big positive they had. There's not honestly, there's not a ton of positive going on right now other than they still have the great name that has a lot. What about what about subgrades? They have subgrades. subgrades. Yep. And and SGC and, and PSA don't. And a lot of people get their grades back and they go, what the heck? Yeah. Why did this get that. a six? Yep. And if you have a subgrade of four for surface, you go, yep. oh, maybe it had a wrinkle I didn't see. Yep. So it does have the subgrade thing that the others don't have, which I don't understand why the others haven't jumped on board with that. But yeah. And I think that it, I think that will be something that some of these other companies, whether it's subgrades or some sort of a greater notes, they're going to give more. I think uh, I heard PSA say they're going to do that at some point. So but yes, the subgrades are great. Um you know, I think the as far as positives, yeah, that's it, they still have a chance. They have a chance because of the name, and they're doing things a little differently with the with the subgrades, so that sets them apart right now. Um, but yeah, there's the problem. I mean, do you want me to go in? And, do you want to say positives first, or do you want to go? Me uh, and, the and only other first? positive, and I'm looking at, at my notes that I, I jotted down. Uh, everything you're saying, plus. Um, they do autograph authentication still like PSA, whereas uh, SGC currently isn't SGC. If a card is factory graded or a factory signed out of the pack signed, they will grade the autograph, but they won't authenticate an autograph. Uh, Beckett is still doing a lot of autograph authentication. So I think that um, that's helping them a lot that SGC is not doing. I think that there's a lot of liability when it comes to autograph authentication. I think that, it's very difficult probably to find experts that really know what they're doing on autograph authentication, but they are still doing that. So for me, it's name recognition, subgrades, and they still do the auth autograph authentication that SGC is not doing, but PSA is. Yep. Yeah. And I think from a negative standpoint, um, just really, they had it. Remember when they did that survey last year after they had uh, some issues where they were going to redo their grading system at one of those shows? Yeah. And yeah. then they did a big survey. I actually did a video where I filled out the survey and gave feedback. A lot of people did the survey and haven't heard anything. No, no I, honestly, do you know who the like with, with SGC? There's Peter, with, there's Nat Turner for PSA. Yeah. Uh, who is who's the person at Beckett grading? Do you, I don't even do you know? Do they have a spokesperson or a, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I think I think that's a great point. It's it's the Wizard of Oz behind a curtain speaking into a microphone and you don't really even know who it is. I think that part of running a company like this is being visible. It's we know who's in charge. We have a relationship with that person. And Peter is outstanding at that. And I think Nat Turner's trying to do some of that stuff. And there are times I think he comes across well. I think there are times that there are a little bit of missteps in what happened. But I think that you're right. We don't know who it is. And not knowing who it is is not a good thing. It's, it's a separation. It's a cloak of darkness in a, an area that has no oversight. And it's really, really important to feel authentic. And we don't even know who's making the decisions over there. I think right. that's a major problem. Yeah. And, and uh, kind of as an aside, uh, it, it's still disappointing to me that, I mean, you have you have Card Ladder that's owned by Collector's Universe or PSA or, you know, you have um, other like, uh, uh, what is it? Market Movers with, with Jeff Wilson. And then you have Card Hedger, Card Hedger is another one. Uh, but Beckett, Beckett, the, the price guard company from back in the day, right? They, they, uh, I know they have their own thing, right, within their website, I guess. But yeah. I don't know anyone who uses it. Uh, the fact that yeah. they don't have an online, like a card, a version of Card Ladder for for Beckett, it's crazy yeah. to me. I can't believe that. Like that, that's yeah. what the company was founded on. That's obviously aside from grading, but from a company standpoint, I just still can't believe that they're out of the the price, the the data analytics game. Really, that's crazy. that's a really good point.
That's a really good point. I, I mean, I still think they have a price guide. Well, I, I, do they? I mean, I think I think they do. Okay. I think they do. But but yeah, no, you're right. The fact that they don't have the best, uh, most uh, updated and extensive price guide app when it's Beckett is insane. Yeah. Um, weaknesses at at Beckett besides we don't know who's running the company. Um, where where I mean, I I feel like there are a few, but what jumps off the page? So uh, this has been a this is something I've mentioned many times. Um, uh, here's a here's a Tom Brady rookie. Um, mm-hmm. Love this card, and I I like the way it looks because it's got it's a gold gold card die cut card with the gold label. But for me, the inner sleeve adds a uh, they have an inner sleeve on these. It's I don't know how well you can see it, and or if you've ever seen a Beckett card, you know there's the holder which is. Really, really well, I almost dropped it right there, but I'm not worried about dropping a Beckett slab because it's like a tank, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's protected, but then they do this inner sleeve that's cloudy and it takes away from the visual of the card. And uh, that for me is like, if I ever was uh, put into a place at Beckett in a dream job where they say, all right, what should we do? Uh, I would immediately get rid of the inner sleeve or at least make it optional, a little checkbox. Do you want an inner sleeve? I know people tout that, oh, it, it protects the card even more. But I mean, how much more protection do you need? I don't, I don't know how many people are putting these into Beckett slabs to protect the card. I mean, you can protect the card without sending it to Beckett. Uh, you don't need the inner sleeve. It takes away from the visual of the card. So I, I hate that part of it. I hate the inner sleeve. Um, and yeah, I think that other than that, I mean, it, the slab's okay from a design standpoint. I This is a whole different thing, but I would get rid of the 9.5 if uh, from a grading standpoint. Yeah, I would just go to 10. I mean, if you think about Beckett, they almost have no presence in vintage now. Um, everyone's either submitting their vintage cards to PSA or SGC. Uh, BVG, I would do away with the BVG thing. It's confusing. Everything goes Beckett. Uh, Beck, everything has the same logo on it. None, no more BVG. Uh, and and uh, yeah, the, people people aren't sending their vintage cards to Beckett. Uh, they're sending them to PSA and SGC. And I feel like that's that's a big miss and also if you if your audience is then all modern cards pretty much now then um people what do modern collectors want or or uh people that are sending them to to resell they want tens they want tens and you you give out 9.5s <laughs> right modern people want tens so you got to go to get rid of the 9.5 same grading scale as psa that's what i would do yeah um the other issue i think that's a problem is uh, uh, Beckett is basically modern, right? They're, ba- I mean, they're very, very, very rarely will you see somebody send a vintage card to Beckett. Yet their turnaround time is sixty days. And yeah. to your point earlier, of people will do a break, they'll get a card, they want to get it slabbed and up quickly before it floods the market, and it's sixty days. Right. And it's like that doesn't work. I mean. If Beckett could somehow just get their turnaround time to something like uh, SGC, then I think a lot of modern collectors would be using them more because they could get things up. I think, to your point again from earlier, is modern collectors don't want SGC. They want PSA. But the second choice, especially for like the, you know, the the dual graded, you know, the auto and the card it is the second choice for them would be Beckett. But when you have to wait and it says on their website, 60 plus days, like versus I could get it back in a week where I could get it back in 60 plus days. Like by then that guy might not even be playing anymore. Right. right? So I think if you're Beckett, the way you take a, a real foothold of this situation is if you're one of the two modern graders, which it's them and PSA. And then, you know, there are some others, but you, you have to be at least lightning fast and they are as slow as anyone. So that they're like, they're like shooting themselves in the foot repeatedly. Um, On top of that, I agree with you with the vintage stuff. Yeah. And I think they, they could still, I mean, a part of me wonders like, you know, we're assuming these SGC, Beckett that they want to grow. Uh, they're private companies. Who knows? Maybe internally they go, 
yeah, we're good. 60,000 cars last month or 100,000 cars last month. Reven we're making in revenue millions, million plus dollars every month. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just like, that's good. We don't want to hire any more people or have to do any more work. Let's just keep keep spinning the wheel. But if they are wanting to grow, I think then, yeah, some of these things they'd uh, want to look at doing for sure. Yeah. All right. Now the big one, PSA. So yep. um, what are the strengths of PSA? We'll start there. Well, I, I for one, um, I like, I like, I like the, uh, the look of the, the slab. I like the design of it. A lot of people say they don't like the red, but I just like the sleekness of it. Their, their new plastic that they use. I saw Nat Turner say that, uh, you know, it's, it's even higher quality. It's clearer a little bit. It's got a little more UV protection. So, um, from a product standpoint, I think they are really nice collectible slabs. And, um, you know, PSA, they, they, they have such a stranglehold right now that they don't really need to do a lot. Uh, but yeah, from a positive standpoint, they, like I mentioned earlier, they, they built around the grading, you know, they built the registry, they built, they have a great magazine that I, I get every month. I love their magazine. Um, you know, there's just, there's more of a community and a brand around it and, and yeah, they're a much bigger company, but I think uh, there's certainly issues and problems that they have, which we can go into. But uh, PSA has just done a great job of, of branding and, you know, coming out with a great end product uh, as far as the, you know, as the holder and everything like that and, and the registry. Of course, I'm sure there's all kinds of issues with what people have with how they grade or their grades, inconsistency. But um, just from, you know, from a company standpoint, I, I feel like there's a reason where they why they're where they are, you know, and. They have a huge lead right now. They have a huge lead, and it's in an industry where people want matching. And when you have a huge lead, it's really hard to catch up. Yeah. And and I don't. Uh, I think that that's what these other companies are finding themselves in. Is now one of the things I do find interesting is almost fifty percent of their cards that they grade. So last month, you know, they they graded. 1.2 million cards and 530,000 of them were TCG, which I find interesting. Yeah. So when you, when you're comparing like an SGC to a PSA, the, the sports card grading portion is a lot closer than those overall numbers seem. It's not close, but it's closer. Um, you know, so I find that to be a little bit interesting. Um, as far as the biggest issues, I think the matching is a huge advantage that they have. I think the fact that the resale value is a huge advantage. I mean, whenever I go to dealers, I ask them all the time, you know, why PSA, why SGC? And they say, well, I get more money for PSA. And I say, but it takes longer. Well, if you're a vintage dealer and you're sending in a vintage card, it's not like the guy's going to get hurt, tear his ACL and get cut while you're waiting. I mean, if it's Willie Mays, it's, you know, Willie Mays' career is over. And so it, they're like, I'll, I'll just be patient because I'm going to get an extra 10% more. And it's it's hard to argue with that. Um, so the resale value is obviously a, a big one. And then obviously, again, having more in circulation so people want matching collections i i fought for a long time i was all psa until about a year and a half ago maybe even a year ago i finally said okay i can't keep passing up on these great cards that are in sgc holders and i finally broke down and i'll be honest with you, i'm looking at my wall right here and i've got a case with stuff and it drives me freaking crazy that they don't match like it drives me insane yeah. but I couldn't not buy the card just because of the encapsulation. Uh, I would be the first guy in line if they wanted to do something. I mean, back to SGC for a second. I think one of the things that they could do is go to some big collectors, you know, go to some big collections, go to some people with big cards and saying, we'll cross you over for free, you know. Yeah. If you have John Mangini, who has a really big collection, if you go to Dave Blue Jacket 66 and who has a big collection, you say all your PSA slabs will cross over for nothing 
And then they just start putting those up on their Instagram of, you know, all the different cards and Dave's showing off all his stuff and how it looks nice and matching. I mean, that would be the best commercial they could get is to get a longtime collector with really high end stuff to go. I'm all in in SGC. That would be miraculous. But again, we're back on SGC. So let's yeah, go back and, and I think that, that's kind of going back to like just fast turnaround times are not going to do the job to compete with no. PSA because nope. I mean, I, I just had three cards, bigger cards, modern cards uh, that I bought raw off another collect uh, collection in. I am getting them back tomorrow from PSA and I sent them in last week. So the, 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 if you want a fast turnaround time, it is available at PSA. You have to pay a little more, but mm -hmm. it's not like you can't get it with PSA. You can get it. You just have to pay a little more. Uh, and if the cards are big enough, then, you know, it, it, people are willing to do it in, in many cases. So uh, it's, it's not like, oh, we can turn it around fast and PSA can't. No, they can, but they're just going to charge a little more for it. So it's, uh, it's a tougher thing to compete on. That's why I think a lot of these companies like SGC, uh, they're going to have to take a little bit of a hit if they want to grow, right? You can't Because some of these things that we're talking about, free crossovers, building some sort of registries, it's going to cost money, right? It's going to hurt Absolutely. their bottom line for a little bit. But if you want to grow in the long term, you have to do those things. You have to yeah. look a little deeper into it. But I, I don't know. Maybe they are doing them, but it's been uh, the, t the clock is ticking. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So weaknesses for PSA from your perspective. Well, uh, man, you did a great job when you did, uh, well, you've done a lot of videos on it, but the, the one where you went into, you know, how much they pay graders and how, how little time they're looking at cards. I mean, I feel like all the weaknesses are kind of in that category as far as like the actual process of, of their, they're grading too many cards. They're not, you know, the people they're hiring are not qualified. Uh, you know, they don't communicate as much as they hope, as we hope they would, as far as what they're actually doing. They don't give feedback on grades. Uh, so pretty much all for, for me, a lot of the weaknesses have to do with the, you know, the internal stuff at PSA, the the outward brand is great. You know, they got a great brand, but yeah, I think, I think if they, you know, uh, man, it's tough to say what they would, you don't want to make drastic changes usually when you're, <laughs> when you have such a big lead, but yeah, uh, I think I think a little more transparency into what they're doing as far as how they're grading, who's grading your cards, uh, that would give them an even bigger lead because it would put a, more people at ease as far as feeling comfortable with uh, how their cards are being graded. And one of the things I heard Nat Turner talk about is if they were to make changes, like say for example, they a lot of people said, "I want to know when the card was graded." Right now, there's no date on there, and the serial numbers are not fully sequential. Uh, there are series that are sequential, but then, but anyway, they they would say, well, if we do that, then and a card was graded, you know, yesterday versus a card was graded in 1998, hmm. that could potentially affect the value of the card graded in 1988 because there might be a perception that a card graded more recently was graded more accurately or with different technologies. Right. And so if they do make a change like that, the change could hurt their current customers. And you don't want to do something that hurts your current customers because right. you're trying to improve. So, so I do understand that point of view as well. Um, but I, 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 uh, I feel like SGC, at least we've seen videos inside the SGC facility. We've seen, graders at their desks grading and what that looks like we've seen the machines that they put cards under and check for creases like that has been broadcast and none of that it seems like it's so secret with psa but like you said when you have a huge lead why do you need to do that why would you put yourself at risk why would you make a dramatic change there are things i think we all want but from their perspective, why would they do that? Because if it hurts a current customer, then that's not good. So it does seem like little, small little changes. But like right now, if, if I called PSA's customer service right now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be on hold for three hours for them yeah. to say, we'll call you back when we have time. If I were to email SGC, I would hear back pretty quickly. So you say, PSA, you need to hire more customer service people to answer calls. Why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? They're grading. 
10 times as many as, as SGC. Their turnaround time is four times as long and they're charging twice as much. Yeah. Why should they spend any money on adding a customer service person that's just money down you know, the tubes that they don't get anything back for when they don't have to? And I so think if that nobody's, if exactly nobody's leaving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. That, I think that's exactly why we, when we were talking about SGC and Beckett, why we're rooting for them so much too is because by, by them getting better, by them innovating more, uh, it's going to make PSA better. Right. Because right now, I mean, they're looking at their competition, really not making any moves. And yeah. they're just, yeah, they're, they're probably not going to make any moves either unless they see, you know, oh, SGC came out with a different kind of registry. And wow, people are really seeing, um, they're, they're, they're seeing some traction with that. They're seeing more cards being graded there because of this. Then maybe SGC, uh, PSA would take a look at their own registry and, and see, like, maybe, what do we have to do to this um, to kind of lock it down and, and, um, you know, add in some extra things or maybe make it a better experience for the people who love the registry. Uh, yeah. So it, it's probably going to take these other companies doing some things before PSA is going to do anything major, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, if, if as a collector, as a collector, I want PSA to start giving greater notes. I want some sort of explanation as to why the card got the grade. I want subgrades as a, as a collector. If I submit something to PSA, I want subgrades. I want a faster turnaround time. I don't think it should be, you have cards in there from October and this is middle to late February. That's obscene. I, I want all those things as a collector. I want lower prices. I want it to be $15 in a week like it is with SGC. So as a collector, I could say, I want these, these things. I want the transparency. But if I'm PSA, the company, why would I do any of that? It costs me more money and it potentially upsets my current customers who have cards that they've bought from me from in our holders. And and they they're still they're already in first by 10 times. Yeah. So yep. so it's it, like you just said it's really on the others to put their feet to the fire and that's why that's why even if you're an SGC or a PSA person even if PSA is your company you still should be rooting for the others because if the others start to catch up and gain traction it's going to make PSA better. Yep. And you want subgrades. You want the date the card was graded, probably. you, Unless you have a bunch of old graded cards. You want all these things. You're not going to get them if SGC and Beckett and the others continue to be 10% of the volume of PSA. And and kind of at the beginning when I talked about, you know, card grading is important because it can contribute to the growth of the hobby. And I know a lot of people want the hobby to grow. Uh, think of a new person that enters the hobby. And, you know, a lot of times one of the first things they'll do is uh, let me grade some of my cards or uh, let me go to a show and I'll buy a card and they'll send it in for grading. I've never done it before. This will be my first time. If they have a negative experience, they send in a card and it's at PSA for six months and then they get it back and they have no idea why they got the grade or, you know, it's just not as, as positive an experience they're less like or they're they're more likely to leave the hobby and not continue it but if these companies improve and provide a little more then uh you know i think the it will help the growth of the hobby and all the companies will benefit bigger pie right so yeah 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 exactly bigger pie well what are your i mean we've been going for almost an hour i've i've had a lot of fun talking about this i don't know you know whenever i put out a video and it goes for a while because i like I like to just yeah. talk about my thoughts, you know, so I'm always talking about my thoughts in my videos and sometimes they run long and I go, I wonder how many people out there are still hanging on. And to me, this is a really interesting topic. And I know some people would see, oh, grading companies, they wouldn't even click on it. And that's fine too. But for somebody who's very fascinated with this concept on multiple levels and these topics on multiple levels, what are your final takeaways on, you know, SGC, Beckett, PSA? Um, what, what, what's your final takeaway? What's your final thoughts if you were to say something to the people out there that are remaining? 
Well, I think from from the company's perspective, I think I just hope that they keep in mind why collectors and not whatever the investors or flippers, whatever you want to call them, just as long as they have in mind, why are people sending us their cards? You know, like I said, there could be maybe two buckets, right? They're sending us the cards so that they could resell them or sell them for a higher price. Okay, uh, so have that in mind. But also don't forget why the other end of it is, is selling, why I'm sending in a lot of my cards. I'm not selling most of my collection right now, right? I'm keeping it for a long time, but I'm choosing to send some cards in and get them graded um, because I just, I kind of like the end collectible. I like the process. And uh, as long as they keep that in mind as far, and not only assume that the only reason I'm sending in my card is to sell it, you know, uh, and, and build a company that can support both ends of it. Uh, that's my hope is that, and they keep innovating, they keep trying to grow. And if, if not, if they're, if they're not, thinking then I do I hope one of them gets bought I hope one fanatics buys one of them if they're not mm. going to try to grow then hopefully a company can purchase them that will do that that's that's I guess my final thought <laughs> do you think do you think that's going to happen do you think that a big outside company like a fanatics will buy one of the other companies and if so which one do you think they would buy and and just to throw another layer to the cake on that one how do you think that would go if, if a fanatics with their deep pockets were to buy a Beckett, do you think that they could maybe make some changes to actually fully compete with PSA? I, I, I think I honestly, I think they could. I really do. I think it's even though they have PSA has a huge lead, I, I this grading thing can change fast. It really can. Uh, it, the hobby's big, but it's not that big. You don't have to change that many minds to make a big shift. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I do think some, I don't know if it's fanatic. I mean, maybe fanatics, but I think there will be some sort of a merger or an acquisition, or I think there will be something. I don't know when, maybe in the next couple of years, but uh, I would love to see Beckett. If they're not going to do any, if they're not going to come out and talk to the collectors or, or make any moves, I would love to see them get purchased by a, a bigger company like fanatics that could make some changes and, and capitalize on that name. Um, yeah. So it would be interesting. It would be fun to watch either way. It, I, I always, oh, like yeah. you said, regardless, I like watching this whole space because, uh, yeah. you know, it's just interesting to me. I like it. Yeah, I always get, I love doing videos and kind of monitoring this and what I do about every six months. And it's been about six months since I've kind of checked in on price comparison and sales data uh, of comparing the two. And, and it's something I'm super interested in. And I always have a couple of people that'll leave a comment that says, who cares about grading? Like grading's bad for the hobby. Like I don't get my cards graded. So none of this matters to me. And I'm like, and that's cool too. Yeah. And that's totally cool too. Like yeah. I like touching cards. I like having some of my collection, not in holders. I totally get it. But back to where we originally started, it does matter for the industry because whether we like it or not, it's a big part of it, especially as I think the, 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 the industry continues to expand globally because when I'm sending a, ki a card overseas to a collector in Germany who's, you know, a Dirk Nowinski fan and wants a Dirk Nowinski uh, rookie card, like he feels a lot more or she feels a lot safer buying the card that's been graded by a third party uh, yeah. company. And so it, for the, the health and the size of the hobby, it is here to stay whether we like it or not. And it does add a level of legitimacy, even if we see some issues within it. Uh, it absolutely does add legitimacy to this hobby we're in. And yeah, I I, uh, I, I put a, a decent amount of money into cards. If you've seen some of my cards, you know, I've, I've spent uh, spent some, some money on cards. And uh, again, I don't sell a lot. Uh, I, I have a long term collection. But at some some point, you know, I will look to sell some of it i think at some point i want to keep some give some to my kids and everything but i do feel more confident with the cards in graded holders i guess you could say uh just knowing that if something happened to me then uh you know my family would be able to sell the cards easier so that that for me gives me a little peace of mind and the more legitimate these companies can get the better i'll feel yeah Hey, so I'll say a few things in closing. First, uh, you know, it's this has been uh, too long since we actually got to do this from the time we first started communicating and talking about it. I, I genuinely 
hope that we can uh, get together more often. Uh, genuinely, genuinely, there are some people you just feel like you're more connected to, you think more like, you are more in tune with. And for me, you're definitely one of those people that I feel uh, I see eye to eye with on a lot. I, I connect with. I really enjoy your channel. And again, if you've not yet subscribed to Adam's channel, Splendid Sports, uh, awesome channel. My only complaint is he doesn't do more content because when he does stuff, I always enjoy it. But you make a lot of appearances on, you know, collaborations. You have your own collaboration with, you know, Dylan from Double D Vintage Sports Cards. And, uh, I, you know, that's a great that's a great thing that you guys do at Orlando on the other day. If you haven't seen that, check that out. So um, I hope we do this again and not just be a one-off. Me too. No, we will, man. We'll do this again. And uh, I, I, one of the last episodes of YouTube I watched was with you and Darren. I love when you two guys get together and talk uh, once a month. So uh, looking forward to the next one of those too. Yeah, I would like to do it. And, and it's the same thing with Darren is I think Darren and I, you know, even though our uh, collecting uh, strategies and, and stratospheres <laughs> might be different, we can still, because we enjoy each other, and we have a, a good connection. I yep. think that it's it's fun to talk, and I, I feel that way with us. So I, I I look forward to the next one. Me too. And Greg, thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me on this. Of course. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. So in the comments below, let us know what you guys think about you know the state of grading, which is PSA's big lead over the others. We focused on SGC and Beckett today. But what do you think? Are you rooting for a company? Do you do you see the need for this to even be a discussion? What's your guys' take on it? What do we miss? What's the strength or a weakness with one of these companies that we didn't talk about? And what's an idea of something that one of these companies could do that we didn't mention? Because we certainly don't think we have all the answers, which is the reason we didn't just have a private conversation and then hang up and say goodbye. We're putting it out there because we think it's interesting as a topic, and we want to hear everybody else's feedback as well. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. See ya.